Welcome to Q&A with your boy Q and me, Joe Arrigo. It is the free agency edition. The madness began on Monday, and today is the new league year. So happy NFL New Year to you, Q. And we, we got a lot of stuff to go into, man. But first, how was your weekend? I, I take you down a slow weekend as a Raider fan this weekend. Man, I'll tell you, I don't think anything was ever slow for me uh, all weekend long, and especially with uh, what happened on Saturday, and then obviously with uh, kind of keeping up and trying to stay up and awake to see what was going to happen with Le'Veon Bell, and I don't know the last time I slept. It feels like I've been up forever for the last five or six days, so uh, yeah, no, no slow anything for me, but I'm just glad that the big fish are already kind of already uh, on the hook for uh, whatever team they're going to go to. Now things can slow down a little bit, and I might be able to get back to my regularly scheduled program which is sleep every once in a while well you know what's funny i'm gonna peel back the curtain a little bit and go back to uh friday so friday afternoon folks um i have a group chat with q nick hamilton scott winner anaya and kaylin basically the entire uh silver and black pride podcast network and um and in that part it was probably what it was probably around like i'll say noon to one o'clock i sent a text to them Scott Word Raiders in AB are in on AB uh, working on a new deal something to that effect right and and I think you were like well what's the compensation I said I heard and it, at the time I heard various reports a two and a four was one it could be a two could be a three and a five there's a lot of variables so we're going we're going back and forth in the text and then that night comes and nothing really happens and then it's Saturday and I literally got done chopping up sound that we were going to use for this show today to talk about a variety of different things. And I probably was working on that for two hours. Jaleesa was sitting there waiting for me like, are you almost done? <laughs> and then I get, I get a text from a source within the organization that says, we just traded for AB, gave me the contract details, told me what they traded for. And the first thing I did before I put it on Twitter was I texted you guys and was like, Emergency Antonio O'Brien podcast, who's down? I know you're in Texas. I know you're two hours ahead. It was, well, one thirty in the morning around that, t- around right. that time. And the proverbial thought that I had regarding the, the Antonio Brown trade was real simple. A three and a five and giving a guy money to make him the highest paid receiver in the NFL, which is really only a million dollars guaranteed more than Sammy Watkins got. And I, I'll take Antonio Brown seven days out of seven days and five times on Sunday over <laughs> Sammy Watkins. No doubt. I thought the Raiders really got over on the Steelers. Antonio Brown flexed his muscle as a player to get out of a, of, of a bad situation for him and put himself in a situation where he wanted to be. And I couldn't be more happy for the guys involved because I know Gruden, Mayock, I know Mark Davis, Mark Bedane, the entire organization really wanted Antonio Brown and what he brings to the table on the field. Yeah, no doubt, man. And I, I saw the the numbers on that on that uh, trade, and I saw what the Raiders gave up, and that was my biggest fear, my biggest concern going into the whole offseason, knowing that the Raiders were going to at some point be players or try to be players at least for Antonio Brown. I thought, man – Everybody in the league is going to try to get one of those first-round draft picks. You cannot give that up. That is where your team is going to be built right there is on those first-round draft picks. And I was even a little nervous and a little greedy with that second round. I think we talked about it on the podcast a few times. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah I can give away the second-round pick, but I don't want I'm just being greedy. And to find out that they didn't have to give up the second-round pick, they gave up a third and a fifth. 
I was cool with that. And the money that they gave him, I know he had absolutely no guaranteed money uh, left on his three-year deal, but to flip that around and give him $30 million, so what? you telling me that Antonio Brown's not worth $10 million guaranteed each year? <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, when I ultimately look at that, I'm like, that's cool. I'm not okay. I'm not mad at that at all. I mean, basically, that's all they did is, is flip his, his contract into what he had on there, and they just made it guaranteed money instead of no guaranteed money. And, and I mean, the dude works his tail off. He's not one of those guys. He's proven that time and time again, been in the league long enough. He's not one of those guys that gets his paycheck and runs. He's a guy who gets his paycheck and then looks at, okay, what's my next goal? What can I get now? What can I accomplish now? How can I prove that I am that dude? How can that chip on my from Liberty City come off on my shoulder a little bit stronger? That's just who he is, and I can appreciate people like that. I love the the underdog dude, the guy that's been pushed down his whole life, like, oh, you're not going to be anything, and then he proves to himself and everybody else around that he could be that guy. And so that is who Antonio Brown is. That's what he is all about, and he is going to go out there and be a go-getter. And when I saw those those numbers on, on that contract and, and saw that they were able to land him, man, that was really music to my ears, and it was just it blew my mind how much – my tone changed after I saw those numbers and how much uh, uh, some good negotiations can make every situation better. Well, it's funny you say that. I talk about what he brings to the table. John Gruden actually talked about that today at the press conference. Here's what John said excites him most about AB. Well, I, I get excited because of where this man comes from. I think the sixth round wasn't a Division One. He did it the hard way. And um, he's done everything in his power to be the best he can possibly be on and off the field. Um, his body of work is not only impressive, it's fun to watch. Uh, he's electrifying after the catch. He's a great competitor. He wins the 50-50 ball. He's outstanding in short areas. Um, you have a, a great imagination as a football coach when you coach a man like this. He can play split end. He can play flanker. He can play in the slot. He can return punts and sell popcorn at halftime. We're excited about this guy. And we're going to put him to good work. And he's got his old army here with him. And um, he's got Otto and Ali. And uh, I'm going to get all, all Apollo. I'm going to get all these young Browns to work here, too. But uh, just, just the life that he has, uh, his enthusiasm to play is contagious. And when we signed Antonio Brown, um, you would be shocked at how many other players have, have wanted to to come along with them. It's, it's really been a, a really a great experience. What I like best about what John Gruden said right there is the fact that he likes a player with a chip on his shoulder. He likes the guy that's going to come in and hold players accountable, and he's going to make John's offense better. Amari Cooper and Antonio Brown are two different players. They're not the same player at all. In fact, Mike Silver brought it up today as something that I really didn't consider until he brought it up when he said Amari Coopers would have gotten paid by the Raiders anyway in the long run. They're going to have to fork out their money for him anyway. They're just doing it for Antonio Brown, and they're doing it for a more productive wide receiver, and it's for three years. You have to be happy with that deal. Big time. Big time. If you're not happy with that deal, you're insane. You know what I'm saying? And on top of that, Antonio Brown is an alpha dog. That's something that the Raiders haven't had in a long time. I mean, who has been the alpha dog for the Raiders? They haven't really had one. They haven't had a guy that's an enforcer, a guy who can, like you mentioned, hold guys accountable, guys who can say, uh, hey, look, look at the way I work. That's how you need to be working. Even Khalil Mack at his at his peak with the Raiders wasn't really that guy that would get in your grill and, and, and make you 
follow his lead. Antonio Brown wants to be that guy. He's made that perfectly clear that he's going to go in and hold guys accountable. He's going to show them his work ethic and encourage them to follow in his footsteps. And who am I to say, oh, no, I'm not going to work as hard as that guy. If that guy who just got $30 million guaranteed and, uh, you know, has all the money in the world and is is – you know, one of the best wide receivers in, in in the league, I better follow his lead. You know what I'm saying? And, and Amari Cooper was never going to be that guy. He was too quiet. And honestly, he didn't really even look like he cared to be there that much. It was just kind of – and I'm not questioning his work ethic because I know – I mean, look, I know Amari Cooper went out there and worked. I, I get that. He was a good route runner. I liked Amari Cooper. He wasn't a guy that I would follow. You know what I'm saying? He's not a guy that I would just say, okay, uh, he's working that hard. I better do the same thing. Antonio Brown is that dude. Antonio Brown's that dude like, hey, man – you know, if a young cat from Liberty City can make this happen, you can too. Let's go. Let's get to work. I mean, you saw how excited he was. You see how quickly he went and landed in the Bay Area. Uh, already went to Derek Carr's house. I mean, he's he is fired up. He's ready to get things going and prove and show why he's getting the money. Not just, oh, well, my past accolades uh, shows why I'm getting the money. No, I'm going to go out there and show right now why I, I deserve the money that I'm getting. It's funny you say he went to his house. The Raiders put it on their YouTube channel. I believe it's on Raiders.com as well. This is the clip of Antonio Brown surprising Derek Carr with his home visit. And listen to how they talk. You can hear the excitement in their voice. Check this out. What up, OG? Fashion hey, <laughs> delivery. What's up, bro? What's up, baby? You good? I'm feeling good. How you doing? How you doing, brother? Yeah, you guys come on in. Wow. Yeah, come on. What's up? Finally, bro. You want to get a hug, bro? I'm excited, bro. How crazy is that? Bro, that's amazing. We tried to do I'm it excited, ago. bro. Long time ago. Isn't that crazy? It's a good work, bro. How you doing? No, no, I'm great. How you doing? You already through? No. I'm waiting on you. Yeah, come on. I'm waiting on you right now. <laughs> Let's go. I'm waiting on you right You guys right. come on Thanks in. Thanks for welcoming to the crib. It's yeah. Amazing. Yeah, you can always come over, man. Wow. Family. Blessing, bro. I'm excited, bro. <laughs> DC the man, bro. I'm ready, bro. How you feeling? I feel good, bro. Yeah? Nothing like it, man. Raider Nation. Raider Nation, bro. That's crazy. <laughs> How crazy is that? That's crazy. It didn't yeah. really hit me yet, but yeah. I'm sure when I'm going to practice, I'm like, oh, okay, it's for real now. Yeah, you've been years somewhere else. It's yeah. different. I'm excited about yeah. it. Now. What's up, OG? OGQ. <laughs> you hear him, man? Look at that. Yes. He's excited. You said something before we went to the clip about Cooper not being excited. doesn't look excited. never looked excited about being a Raider. Someone put a picture and they took the picture of Antonio Brown from his IG with the water sled behind him and the water slide yeah, yeah. In, the, in the pool. And then he had the picture of Cooper on draft day. And Cooper's looks like someone just, like, killed his best friend. Yep. And then, and then Brown is happy. The mustache was still gold at the time, I believe. I mean, you see someone that wants to be somewhere versus someone that was like, I honestly, and I, I'm, I'm going to be 100% honest, and, and I think Cooper has all the ability in the world if he wants it. I think that he never truly was invested in being a Raider. He always had his eyes to somewhere else where he maybe wanted to be, if it's Dallas or somewhere else. I think he always had a one-foot-out-the-door mentality. I don't get that impression with Brown, who I actually feel like just from Gruden and Mayock and, and welcoming his wife and his kids into the, to the facility and letting them run around and getting to know them, that spoke volumes to Brown, and he spoke about it earlier today at the press conference, but that spoke volumes to him about a family atmosphere, something that he really didn't feel in Pittsburgh. No, he didn't, you know, and it is something that he talked about. As a matter of fact, he talked about it in that uh, interview that he had with Jeff Darlington from ESPN where he said, you know, I've been on this team nine years and the quarterback's been to my house once, you know what I mean? And, and the owner doesn't even know my kids' names. And, I mean, that's just not right. 
You know what I mean? That It's just not. I mean, hell, I, I do a radio show with a cat, and I've been doing a radio show with him for five or six years, and he just about knows everything about me, and I know about him, and we don't even hang out. You know, we don't hang out, but we know about each other. You know what I'm saying? Because it's something about when you got a, a, a relationship with somebody, regardless if it's a professional, uh, if it's just a, you're my homeboy, we're going to hang out. You know what I'm saying? Like, people know about each other if you're invested in in, in getting the best out of each other, if you want to have a little bit of chemistry. And, and and that all, and you know, I mean, Joe, you know how this game goes. I mean, you got to have chemistry to be able to, to succeed. You know, if you're working with somebody else, if you're working with a group of people, you've got to have some kind of chemistry. And when you've... You got a guy like Big Ben who's supposed to be the the alpha dog for that team, and and you're not even going to your number one guy, your numero uno guy, and in Antonio Brown, and showing him some love and showing his family some love, and that's why Mike Mayock was genius at the press conference. Mike Mayock was genius. John Gruden was genius. They mentioned the word family so many times, and that wasn't on accident. That was definitely not on accident. There's a reason why John Gruden shouted out uh, Antonio Brown's kids' names. He was letting it be yeah. known that, hey, this is a family environment. Being a Raider is being part of a family. And this is who we are here. And I'm going to get all the Browns here working. I mean, that's what, I mean, he said that. You know what I mean? Like, he knows that that family and that family environment means so much to Antonio Brown. They showed that at that press conference. And so now this dude's really going to go out and show what he's got and show what the Raiders could be and help get them back to where they need to be. And, I mean, he, he knows the, the greats that have been there. You know, he knows the Tim Browns that have been there. He knows the Jerry Rices. He knows the Cliff Branches. I mean, he knows those guys that have been there and walked those halls, and he's ready to live up to that legacy and even go a little bit further. What does this mean for the Raiders? Like, on the field, off the field, the way I look at it is like this. When you have Antonio Brown, and, I, and they almost obviously signed Tyrell Williams today as well on the outside. We'll, get to, we'll talk more about the signings later. But for the purpose of what I'm going to say, I wanted to bring it up. I think what Gruden wants to do, I don't think, well, first of all, I don't, uh, secondly, I don't think Jordy Nelson is going to get cut. I don't either. But I think what, I think what Gruden wants to do is have, move Brown around. If he sees that he can get him outside one-on-one with a corner that, that, that he knows can't guard him, you know, playing in press or whatever, which most corners can't, he's going to put him out there. He's going to move him to the slot a few times. I think you're going to see John Gruden move A.B. around so often that you're going to be like, where's he at? They're going to have to try to roll cover. That's going to free up Tyrell Williams on the other side at 6'4", 200 and something pounds running a 4'4". That's going to give Nelson one-on-one coverage with team second or third corners. I like what Gruden did just by adding that one chess piece to the Raiders' offense on the field. Yeah, on the field, he's a Swiss Army knife. I mean, that's exactly what he is. I mean, you described it perfectly. You could put him anywhere. John Gruden said it as well. I could put this guy anywhere. The biggest thing is getting the ball in his hands and letting it be known that he's on the field. Don't go away from him and don't just disappear like Amari Cooper used to disappear at times and you never even knew he was on the field. That will not happen with Antonio Brown. He won't allow that to happen. John Gruden's not going to allow that to happen. I love what Michael Irvin, the way Michael Irvin described Antonio Brown uh, watching NFL Network, just hearing him describe him, he is a dog. He is a dog, and he said it's John Gruden and Derek Carr's job to make sure this dog eats. And if he eats, he's going to bite someone else. If he doesn't eat, he's going to turn around and bite you. Your job is to make sure he's biting someone else and not bite you. Let that dog come out in him, but obviously you want that dog to go the other way. Get on your enemy. Get on the other team that you're going up against. I thought that was the perfect way to describe him because, again, I've been saying the Raiders need that alpha dog. Also on the field, what that does for the Raiders, that gives them a legit dude. Look who Derek Carr was throwing the rock to at the end of the season. 
Jared Cook, and and that's and that's great. He had a nice season. Uh, Jalen Richard, that's great. It's cool to be able to check the ball down to him and, and let him go ahead and do his thing. He got a little bit of wiggle afterwards. But look, he had Brandon LaFell he was throwing to until he tore his Achilles. He had Marcel Aitman, no disrespect, but he was a seventh-round draft pick out of Oklahoma State. I mean, he, he came in really, really late. Uh, Keon Hatcher, they actually brought him back. He never got no burn, but he got – you know what I mean? He came back. It was really – Jordy Nelson started to shine a little bit, but it, it really was – it was a, a cast of characters that nobody really knew or even feared. There was no fear from any other defense. Now, at least a defense has to say, okay, we need to know where 84 is at at all times. And then, like you said, it's going to open up everything else for everybody else. It'll make Derek Carr's game easier. It'll make Marshawn Lynch, whoever's the running back back there, Doug Martin, if he's going to be there, Chris Warren, if he's going to be there, Jalen Rich. I don't care. Whoever's the guy running the rock, toting the ball back there, whoever that guy is, it's going to free him up a little bit more too. It's going to make that offense that much more dangerous because you have a real legit weapon in Antonio Brown. If you don't think – that Gruden and Brown and Mayock haven't already been scheming. Listen to what Mike Mayock said when Brown met up with Gruden and Mayock just to hang out prior to the signing period. Never seen a better connection between a player and a coach when these two got together. I mean, John had 400 clips of Antonio in the office. I walked in this morning. The two of them were sitting in there like little kids watching 400 cut-ups of Antonio. Everything he did. Everything. I mean, they were like little kids in a laboratory. And, and that's why we're so excited. The truth is uh, Mark Davis invited Mike and I and uh, our wives to an event <laughs> in Las Vegas. So True. I was excited to get Mike out of the building. Uh, we went to Las Vegas. It was a great event. Uh, Mandy Mayock, my wife Cindy and I, uh, instead of having a nice uh, date, a double date, we dated Rosenhaus and Antonio <laughs> Brown. Never saw our wives, but uh, it's as happy as as Cindy and, and Mandy have been since we've known them, and Antonio agreed. So we thank you, brother. Thank you, True story. Dude, 400 plays of just Antonio Brown chopped up, and Gruden and Brown went through each and every one of them, and Gruden explained to them how he's going to be using the offense. Gruden right now is salivating, because I'll go on record right now, Brown is in the top four that he's ever coached at any level, from Green Bay as a receivers coach to Philly, to become the Raiders head coach where he had Tim Brown and Jerry Rice to Tampa Bay. I think he's had three guys that Antonio Brown can be compared to, and that's Sterling Sharp, Tim Brown, and Jerry Rice. Yep. That's a pretty good threesome if, you want to, if you're Antonio Brown with John Gruden. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, he knows exactly what to do with a guy who's a real deal, legit weapon, a guy who can get it done. Again, he came out right before the Raiders played the Steelers in 2018 and said, this guy has a work ethic like no other. The only guy I see work as hard as him is Jerry Rice. And again, you don't just throw Jerry Rice's name around there. It's just not some dude. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not Jerry Johnson. It's Jerry Rice. You know what I mean? Like it's not just some random cat from off the street some dude that you met at the YMCA, man, that's a real deal dude. That's a that's the that's the goat when it comes to wide receivers. So you don't just throw that name around and you know how much respect John Gruden has for Jerry Rice. Hell, Jerry Rice talked about I might have to come back now that John Gruden's coaching. I might have to come back and, and lace him up again. And he was lightweight serious. <laughs> you know what I mean? He 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 wasn't serious, but he somewhat was like, I probably could do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's I, real. I, you know, so I know Gruden's super fired up, and you want to talk about a dude who works. A guy who's going to respect a dude who has the work ethic like that is a dude who has a work ethic like that. And John Gruden, you just you talking about all those 400 cut-ups? Like, come on, man. Who, who does that already? Yeah, John Gruden. He's in the lab doing that, and that's that's like Antonio Brown walked in there and just his eyes lit up. Okay, 
okay, this dude's serious about me. So why wouldn't you? If you know a dude is that serious about you and excited to bring you into the fold, why wouldn't you get excited and want to go out there and prove him right? That's like the ultimate if you're a player. Like you have an organization that you come to and they say, you're our alpha dog. You are the guy in our locker room. You're going to be the focal point of our offense. I've checked out 400 plays of you. This is how we're going to use you on each and every one of the plays. We're going to integrate that. It's already in our offense. This is what we call it. So you get ready to rock and roll because at the end of the day, this is how we get down with you. You have to love it. Antonio Brown actually told the media what he brings to the Raiders on, on and off the field. So let's go ahead and hear that, and this is talk about that for a second. Bring uh, accountability. You know, I bring, I bring, I bring uh, actions. You know, not what I say, what I do. You know, how I approach things. You know, holding guys accountable in the receiver room, um, developing a part. You know, challenging guys. If we drop a ball, you know, we gonna have a part. Just super accountability. You know, holding. You know, maybe at the end of practice when I'm doing my jug machine, you know, bring the whole group over to see the jug machine. That way, every guy in the group know, hey, we gonna we count on you to make that catch. You know, I'm 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 there watching you work making that catch too. Cause when we all there, we there together. So, you know, bringing some of the principles and some of the things that make good camaraderie and build good teams to some of the things I know, just, you know, whatever needed. You know, being here, being a leader, and um, taking hold of this thing full, full round it. So you hear him talking about that he's going to be intense, he's going to hold players accountable in the locker room in terms of finding them if they if for drop balls, bringing them in front of Derek Carr, have Derek come in the receiver meetings and say, look, this is what we're doing. This is what this is how much he's been fine. You've got to love that. And for a guy like Jordy Nelson, who was the elder statesman in that locker room and still probably is, and Jordy's probably going to sit back and say, okay, I like this. reminds me a lot of what I'm used to from where I was playing in the past. I also like the fact that off the field, he's going to bring that swagger that I think the Raiders have lacked. I mean, yep. yeah, Marshawn Lynch in Oakland, Oakland people are going to love him, but if you're a Raider fan that lives in Muskego, Wisconsin, or if you're a Raider fan that lives in Billings, Montana, or even Toronto, Canada, like you don't get the Oakland vibe. So you're not going to really, a lot of times you're not going to be able to vibe with Marshawn Lynch and some of the things that he does because he is, he is Oakland He's to Oakland. his core. Yeah. Yep. But with, with A.B., it's a little bit different because you're like, yeah, because he had all that swag in Pittsburgh. Imagine what he's going to do with Raider Nation. This is off the field. The Raiders are going to have a field day marketing him. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. But, uh, yeah, they do. They need that guy that, that can stand out to the crowd. And, look, I love everything about Marshawn Lynch. He is all the way Oakland, like you said. And, you know, being an Oakland dude myself, I totally respect him. I love everything he's doing. But, look, when he came back to the Raiders, when he came and, and came out of retirement, he did that to fill his childhood dream, to fulfill <laughs> his childhood dream. He wanted to be – you know, uh, play for the Raiders because that was his hometown team. And he's doing that, and that's great, and it's been nice. It's been a nice story, but it's not been the, hey, I'm going to lead my hometown team to a championship. It's been the, I'm going to do my thing. Uh, again, not trying to talk bad about him. I know someone's going to take it wrong and say, how can you talk trash about Marshawn? I'm not, but it hasn't been a Marshawn, I'm about to lead this team to a championship, or I'm going to be that alpha dog and hold guys accountable. Marshawn just wanted to be there to put on that silver and black, put on that helmet with the, the pirate on the side. I mean, that's what he wanted. He wanted that shield. He wanted to do that. I don't know if he's going to come back in 2019. If he does, great. If he doesn't, that's okay, too. I mean, it's not. I'm not going to lose any sleep over Marshawn Lynch not returning. The, the, the whole little deal has been nice, but... 
it, it, that's it's, that's all it's been. You know what I mean? I, again, in 2017, when he decided to join the team, and they were a, a team you looked at and thought, okay, this team has an opportunity to really make a deep run. And now you have a bruising running back like Marshawn Lynch. His opening press conference, somebody asked him that question. Hey, what about trying to win a championship with this team? And he said, yeah, that's cool that they got that going for him. They got that going for him. Not we got that going for us, but they got that going for them. So he wasn't, in my opinion, ever really a member of the team. He was a member of the Oakland Raiders as an individual who was fulfilling his childhood dream. And again, I'm not mad at him because we all have dreams. So go do your thing. But it's not like it's been, I'm about to go win a a championship for my town, for my city. That's just how it it hasn't been that. And again, the city of Oakland's always going to ride with Marshawn Lynch, no matter what. He could play for the Patriots and they still ride with him. But you know, it is what it is. So so Antonio Brown is taking the team and bringing a whole different level of, like you mentioned, accountability, uh, a level of swagger, a, li- a level of just, I mean, he almost seems like a pirate, don't he? He almost seems like a Raider. He almost, oh, yeah. He, he, I mean, if he wasn't a Steeler, I mean, that, those are really the two teams that he could have played for, the Steelers and the Pirates. You know, he, he's got that that blue-collar mentality, and then he's got that, 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 that Raider mentality. So, yeah, I think he's going to slide into the silver and black and put on that uh, helmet with the shield on it. I think he's going to do that just fine and, and help take this team to, to great heights. And, man, one year in Oakland, and then wait till he hits Vegas. <laughs> Watch out, oh, man. Let me ask this, my final question regarding AB to you and to Raider Nation out there. Do you think this is the first domino in a return to prominence for the Raiders? Yeah, absolutely. I think that if they, they play their cards right in this draft, again, this draft is, is the end-all, be-all for me. They play their cards right in the, in the draft. They can, they can have that resurgence in the, in the division. The only problem, the only problem with that, where I don't want to get too far in front of myself, is the only problem is the Kansas City Chiefs are uh, are going to be a dog. They are going to be absolute monsters for quite a while. Patrick Mahomes, in my opinion, ain't going nowhere for a long time. I think that that dude is a, uh, is just an unbelievable talent. That was a dude I was watching at Texas Tech. He is just a monster. I mean, he gets things done that just are unbelievable. I think that they're going to ride him out for a while, and it depends on how quickly the Raiders can get this defense turned around, try to contain that dude just a little bit, try to put some pressure on him a little bit. I think it really can come down to the Raiders getting good really quickly and and giving the the the, the Chiefs a run for their money. I still think the Chiefs are, are the without a doubt favorite in the AFC West, but I think this is the first domino to bring the Raiders back to relevance. Like, okay, okay, yes, we can do this. We got the guy that can pull the trigger in Derek Carr. We got a guy that can make plays in AB. We got an offensive line that can hold up. We got a defense, but you got to get the defense. Is it going to be there? I think a lot of it's going to be had in the draft, and we'll see. I'm going to disagree with you. I think AB is the first domino in the return to prominence for the Raiders. I agree with that. I don't think Kansas City's that team. They lost both their edge rushers. Yes, they signed the Honey Badger, but they lost arguably their heart and soul, their defense, and Eric Berry by cutting him on Wednesday. That defense Stinks. already was bad, right. and they got worse. They got worse. What made them run most of the year was not just Tyreek Hill on the outside, but Kareem Hunt, who's now in Cleveland. They have a hole at running back right now. They, they, uh, they, got they Damon, don't have they, as much money. They, they, they don't have as much money. They, they can't go get a running back. Really isn't any more running backs in free agency really worth getting. So they're going to have to rely on one in the draft. So now teams are going to play them different. I think San Diego actually is the best team in that division because they're the most balanced. I think the Raiders are already better than Denver. But I think the Raiders are going to creep up and creep, can creep up on Kansas City, even though Mahomes is the best quarterback in that division. 
I still think the Raiders can creep up on them because I think this draft is good. They're going to, it's going to revitalize their defense. And I like the pieces that they're, that they're adding in free agency. You don't see Kansas City doing that. I like what Gruden and Mayock are doing. They're like-minded. And they're, getting, they're bringing in guys that are like-minded with them. The Raiders are going to start to embody Gruden's image and personality. And that's when teams get really, really good. I think San Diego is going to regress a little bit. Again, I think they're the most balanced team. But I think that the vision is a little more wide open than what people think. I don't know. I mean, you, you could be right. You could be right about it being more wide open. But again, I still think Kansas City is the cream of the crop. And again, their defense always stunk. But the running back position, remember, they got Damian Williams as well. Damian Williams carried the rock and did a hell of a job once uh, Kareem Hunt went, True. you know, and he went down. So I don't think that they missed anything. Matter of fact, they might have got a little bit better in the running back position. I'm not worried about that with them. Uh, their defense is going to be a question mark. But again, it was a question mark before. They don't have Bob Sutton there as a defensive coordinator anymore. He got fired. Now they got Steve Spagnola. He's going to switch up the defense to that 3-4. Uh, I don't know, or actually he's going to switch it to the 4-3, excuse me. 4-3, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to improve the defense or not, but that's what they're—that's what the goal is. You know, and, and I, I do agree with, you know, getting rid of D4. I thought that was kind of silly, but they didn't want to pay him that, that outrageous dumb. money. Yeah, but, you know, he has good years, and then he has okay years. And then he's healthy, and then he's not healthy. So it's kind of hit and miss with D4. Justin Houston, that was another one that they let go. But we'll see. We'll see what they do. They uh, they got a couple linebackers. They did sign a linebacker uh, off the off the uh, the Cowboys squad. And so, I mean, he's going there, and, and their defensive, uh, their, their linebacker coach is there. The Cowboys' old linebacker coach is there in KC. So maybe they you know they have something going there but i just think as long as you got patrick mahomes you got a fighting chance they got tyreek hill that's still a problem they got travis kelsey that's still a problem you know what i mean they, they they got dudes it's it's still a problem on that offensive side of the ball can you stop them and that's why this raiders defense has to improve you can get into a shootout if you want but i don't really suggest it because it's not that fun the raiders have the kelsey equalizer and i'm gonna tell you guys who it is when we come back from this quick break you're listening to Q&A with your boy Q and Joe Arrigo on the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network, powered by SB Nation. Welcome back to Q&A with your boy Q and me, Joe Arrigo, on the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network, powered by SB Nation. All right, Q, now... I kind of teased it when you brought up Travis Kelsey, and I said we got the Travis Kelsey equalizer. And that is my man, the five-footer, who I absolutely think is a tremendous football player, a guy that you can play in the slide, he can play deep as well. LaMarcus Joyner, one of the Raiders' three free agents as of the recording of this podcast on Wednesday, that were signed to a four-year, $42 million contract, $16.7 million guaranteed. Essentially, it's a two-year deal uh, if they want it that way. And he did a really good job against Kelsey in that 50-point shootout that the Rams and Chiefs had. He's just a turnover machine. I think he's going to come in and really help out Cujo in the back end of the secondary. You know, I, I think that that's true, too. I know a lot of Raider fans have questioned that signing because he's short. You know, he's a little dude. He's 5'8", but he's fast. And, and like it's, like you just said, he brings that kind of ability. And he did do a hell of a job again when it was KC against the Rams. He did a great job, matter of fact, on Kelsey. And that's something that the Raiders are going to have to figure out how to do all the time. They're not going to be able to just do it one game. and You know, because they had one really good game this uh, past season against the, the Chiefs and uh, really had an opportunity to beat them if they hadn't fumbled the ball three times by three different running backs. But 
that's another story. And as I'll digress on that, I don't <laughs> want to talk about that and get me all, myself all fired up. But yeah, so they, they have to find a way to consistently be able to compete with the Chiefs. And I mean, I don't want to disrespect the Chargers. They're going to have to find a way to co- co- compete with the Chargers all the time. I agree when you said that they are already better than the Broncos. I do think that's that's the case, but we'll see what Vic Fangio does as the head coach there. There's a reason why he hasn't been a head coach his whole career in the league. And we'll see if, if he's ready for that job, if he's better as a coordinator. So that, that's going to be interesting endeavor to see how that shakes out but again man just going back to Kansas City and those weapons you know speed kills Tyreek Hill is about to become like the highest paid wide receiver in the league in quick fast and in a hurry you know and uh, he's about to get that any day now and so uh, he's not going anywhere and that speed is just unbelievable you know you you know I mean the speed is going to do everything in the world for you so oh yeah we'll see we'll absolutely see what happens you know I hope that the Raiders can fast track uh, they're they're not rebuild, but they're just trying to trying to uh, reload. I hope they they can fast track this case. And look, when John Gruden took over the Raiders the, the very first time when Al Davis hired him, you know he had a plan. He 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 approached, he made that plan uh, go to go to work, put it in action, and boom. You know the, the Raiders were all of a sudden relevant, and they were damn good really quick. You know, and he's kind of following that same blueprint that he did the first time. And so if he can get that and get this team rolling like he did before, and not leave this time. You know, the Raiders could be in a good position. I, I, I don't think that they're going to be battling for the, the, the AFC West title in t- 2019, but I could definitely see them in 2020 be knocking on the door of, hey, that's going to be our division. You know what I mean? I, I could definitely see them doing yeah. that, but it's going to take some work and it's going to take hitting on these guys in the draft. This is very important coming up in April. Well, the thing with LaMarcus Joyner I was asked the most on Twitter on Monday was, is he a safety? What's he going to be? And I put this out there because I asked immediately after they agreed to terms, safety or nickel, and they said both, predominantly nickel. So you're looking at your nickel back, a guy that is going to be used a lot like the honey badger. If you want, and I keep going back to that, but that's that new age defense that a lot of teams are running. They like having a shorter, more athletic, almost like your best athlete on the back end playing that position. That's what they view LaMarcus Joyner as. Um, he will play some in base as a safety, but I do think with Joyner, Cujo, Wright, and I presume a rookie coming in, unless Eric Berry have they have interest in Eric Berry, I've been told they're going to see they're going to check the medicals to see what's going on with him. But Eric Berry would be another guy, good fit on the back end to play that free to kind of be free in Rome. And keep this in mind, and Q, you know this as well as anybody, bro. Nowadays. 60% of defenses are in nickel or dime or sub yep. packages, mm-hmm. more so than playing their base package. Yep. Base is really getting phased out. There's not a lot of teams that are that are running two receivers, or a running back, and a tight end. Sometimes for most teams are, are going two by one or two by two with receivers and tight ends. So this fits a new age defense, something that they didn't have last year. No, you're right. You're right. And that nickel coverage is is all the time. I mean, sometimes teams start off in the nickel. You know what I mean? Or it's just yeah. they they jump right into it. Maybe it's one play in the base, and then all of a sudden, hey, boom! They're in the nickel. Uh, they're in the nickel offense or defense already. And so, yeah, I can I can totally see that. And again, uh, Lamarcus Joyner, he has so much versatility, and he could do so many different things. And that's just something that I, I keep keying in on that word versatility. I just think that 
everything you see from John Gruden offensively and defensively from this Raiders team, it's going to be a bunch of guys that are very, very versatile. I think that is going to be the key. Guys that can play many different roles, not just specialize in one thing, but somebody that can jump at, you know, jump in at, a, at a drop of a dime and, and play a role that they're needed to. You know what I mean? I, I just think that that's going to be the key to the Raiders' success moving forward, and you can kind of see that by the guys that they're bringing in. Even, you know, flipping back over to the offensive side of the ball, even looking at AB, we talked about how versatile he is and where he can line up. He can line up all over the field. Those are the kind of guys that John Gruden, those are the kind of guys that Paul Gunther are going to want to want, are going to want to have on that roster just to be able to execute the way they want to. Absolutely, and Gruden had it back in the day, too, not only with Tim Brown, but Charlie Gardner. He would mm-hmm. spread him out, get him in the slot. I mean, Napoleon Kaufman, a bunch of guys. Positionless NFL, that's what this, That's what today's football is becoming. You have a position, but they want guys that are that can play multiple positions so they can have a positionless position, so to speak. Um, let's flip over to the offensive side of the ball. And I brought him up earlier, Tyrell Williams, receiver, big guy, 6'4", and some two, I think like two and change. Yeah. Uh, you're looking at a four-year, $44 million deal. Half of that is guaranteed, $22 million. They get him from the Chargers. Now, the Chargers were loaded up wide receiver with him, Mike Williams, and Keenan Allen. Some teams viewed him as a number one receiver, the Jets being one of them. They were in on him. The Saints were in on him as well. But he chose to go to the Raiders. The Raiders actually identified him as their number one receiving target as a free agent. Early in the process, there was interest from him as well. Uh, They get him. It weakens the Chargers, which that's a big thing to me. And he's a legit number two next to Antonio Brown and Jordy Nelson. No, he really is. And the thing about it, the Steelers were looking at him too. You know, the Steelers wanted him too. So uh, that, that's nothing to shake a stick at, man. He had guys that that had it that were interested in him, and so he chose to go to the Raiders. That weakens a division opponent, man. That's that's a win right there. That's already a win. And so now he knows that he's going to have a major role because, like you said, the Chargers were loaded up at the wide receiver position. He knows he's going to have a major role. He knows that he's going to be counted on to go and be in that number two guy or even number three next to Jory Nelson but I mean at the same time they're going to spend a lot of time on the field they're going to have a lot of action go their way they know what John Gruden's going to be trying to do and how he's going to try to make this offense click so yeah he has an opportunity to play against one across from a really great wide receiver in, in Antonio Brown two a guy who's been there done that has been great in his own own right and is a damn good uh, professional in Jordy Nelson and, and then he gets to slide in as well I mean that's a that's a hell of a one two three combo you know what I mean so Good things could happen for that dude. And, and oh, by the way, he's another guy that has a chip on his shoulder. That dude went undrafted. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That dude was an undrafted guy. So everything that he's gotten in the NFL, he's had to earn. Guess what? The guy way across from him, he had to earn everything. Antonio Brown, yeah, he's a bazillionaire at this point, but he had to earn every single penny. I mean, the guy didn't even uh, have a, a legit deal, uh, a legit uh, offer in college that he went to. You know what I mean? I mean, he, he didn't – where did he go? Western Michigan? Yep. Yeah, Western Michigan. I mean, think how many colleges, think how many D1 programs are kicking their tail for not looking a little bit harder at Antonio Brown. You know, I mean, think about that. He went in the sixth round of the draft. I mean, it, come on. These guys, there's guys out there with chips on their shoulders that got things to prove, and Gruden loves every minute of it because he knows how much he can get out of guys like that. I'm going to say this again because I know, again, it was bantered about on Twitter. I know uh, it was bantered on Packers Twitter as well. Will the Raiders cut Jordy Nelson because they signed Williams and have Brown? No, Jordy Nelson redid his contract at the end of the season, right after the season ended, to make and signed it, and they flipped it to where it's fully guaranteed right now. So 
it's a team-friendly contract. There's no way the Raiders are going to cut him and take that cap hit. They have until Friday to make the decision. But why would they do that? They have veteran receivers, one that understands Gruden's system completely now, another one that's the best receiver in the game, arguably, and a guy that's six foot four that runs a four four that knows the division and has played outstanding in the division. You got weapons for Carr. They're not going to take a weapon away because they added two. I'm sorry. That's just not going to happen. So for those – well, Jordy Nelson slow. Jordy Nelson can run routes and separate off route running. Jordy Nelson is going to be going against teams' third corner, mm-hmm. sometimes their fourth corner. I will take Jordy Nelson at this stage in his career going against those corners than I would last year him going against teams number one because last year – he, he came in as a number one receiver, but he really wasn't a number one receiver. There's a reason why he was let go from his former team. We talked about that last week. But now, as a number two or a number three receiver, I absolutely love Jordy Nelson's role. Yeah, not to mention his hands. That's the one thing, and, and you saw it in 2018. Even though the Raiders had a terrible season and Derek Carr wasn't great as far as getting things done when it mattered. I mean, yeah, numbers-wise, he did okay. But as far as uh, big-time moments, I mean, he wasn't that great. But Jordy Nelson wasn't putting balls on the ground either. That's one thing about it, and that's one of the reasons why he was brought in because he's going to secure the ball, and then he's going to go. He's going to make that tough catch for you in traffic. He's going to know how valuable ball security is. He knows that. I mean, hell, he worked with Aaron Rodgers, and he wasn't going to let that dude down. It's something about working with perfectionists. Is you're not going to let them down. You don't want to let them down. That's what makes Jordy Nelson so damn good. That's what makes Antonio Brown so good because they are perfectionists. It's going to make Derek Carr that much better because he's going to not want to let them down either. He's going to want to give them catchable balls. I mean, he's, that's, just, that's just how this game works. You know, and so that's what's exciting about it. So, no, I don't see Jordy Nelson going anywhere. If anyone's going anywhere, it'll be Seth Roberts. He'll be the guy that's that's cut and let go. And by the way, there's no dead there's no dead money on his uh on his contract if they cut him. So yeah, if anything, Seth Roberts is on the first thing smoking somewhere else. I would agree with that. I think he's the one that does get cut. Um, I think that's going to happen relatively soon. Um, that's going to free up, I believe, almost four and a half million dollars. Yep, four point six million. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Donald Penn is another one uh, that's going to be cut. That's another I think seven million right there. Yep. And look, people want to say what they want about. John Gruden, and and we can say all we want about how bad Colton Miller played last year. John Gruden is not admitting he made a mistake with Colton Miller, but what John Gruden is what he's saying is we're going to get him some help, and he went out and did that in a big way by getting a big man. Trent Brown was really the first domino to fall when the free when free agency hit on Monday, signing a huge deal, four years, sixty six million, thirty six million guaranteed. 16 and a half per season, making him the highest paid offensive lineman in league history. Leaving New England, this is a man that's like 6'8", I believe, 380. Yep. I mean, that's ridiculous. That's Eric Williams' size. The guy's got really good feet, long reach. Personally, and I don't know this to be 100% true, I think he's going to be the left tackle. Miller's going to be on the right side. And Parker, unless they find another guard, is going to be that swing between guards, both tackles and guards. And I think they found their left tackle to give Derek Carr time to throw the ball to Antonio Brown, to Jordy Nelson, to Terrell Williams, to hand the ball off to whoever's that running back or running behind that mammoth man and scoring a lot of points. You know, and the thing about it is, and the reason why I love the signing of Trent Brown is, uh, again, another word that I've been using a lot, he's versatile because he might be the left tackle. But you know what? He might be the right tackle. And I know it's a lot of money to pay for a right tackle, but in the AFC West, it doesn't matter. 
On the right side, you got Von Miller coming at you. At the right side, you got Joey Bosa coming at you. At the right side, you got, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got guys coming at you on that right side. So in the AFC West, it might be make more sense for him to be the right tackle. That has always been the, the suspect spot of that offensive line as far as, uh, as far as I'm concerned over the last few years uh, when the line was even solid. You know, D- Donald Penn was at the left, and then uh, Osamali was the left guard, and Hudson was there at the at the center's position, and then you had Gabe Jackson, and then you also had a an issue. You had a turnstile right there at the right tackle position. So maybe he plays right tackle. Maybe he plays left tackle. Either way, he's able to do both. He's also able to kick inside and be a guard if he had to. He's done it. He's You know what I mean? He's done so many different things. In San Francisco, he was very versatile. He goes uh, to, to New England, starts 16 games, protects Tom Brady. Goes on that playoff run, and man, he was outstanding in the playoffs and, and through the Super Bowl. And we all know how defensive that Super Bowl was to the point where people are saying it's boring. Not me. I thought it was fine, but whatever. There's, you know, he 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 kept Tom Brady upright in the Super Bowl against some dogs on that Rams defense. So yeah, I'm good with whatever they do with him, wherever they decide to put him. He is a guy who can get it done. I'm excited about him. The problem I have is can Tom Cable get it done? That's my big question. Can Tom Cable use him the way he's supposed to use him? Can he make this offensive line go from what it was last year? They gave up 52 sacks to, to uh, on Derek Carr and, and, and cut that in half or, or even more. You know, I mean, that, that line has got to give Derek Carr time or else he ain't going to be throwing the ball to anybody. I'll say this, brother. I think – this is a make-or-break year for Derek Carr. In a lot of ways, they're not giving him any reason to make excuses for him in terms of not being able to get the ball off because the offensive line or not having playmakers to get the ball to. But I think it's an even bigger indictment to Tom Cable, who gave up 52 sacks last year as a line coach. Yep. 52. You're looking at a guy who I believe it was three out of the last five years has had the worst offensive line grade in the NFL, according to Pro Football Focus. Yep. I'm not a big PFF guy, but they put out some really good numbers. I'm not too analytical, but at the same time, that's a, that's a huge indictment of how bad his lines have been. And I'm going to take a one step further, Q. I was told yesterday that prior to Cable getting the job, Pat Hill, the former Fresno State coach, was a finalist for the job. And many people believed he had the job until... Tom Cable was fired and became available, and then Gruden brought his old guy in to run the offensive line. Wow, I, I, that would be that would be uh, pretty shocking to me if that was the case, and and I, w- I don't really know why John Gruden would make that call. I know he had said that he uh, he really hadn't even didn't even really know Tom Cable, just knew of his accolades from the past. And look, I, I give Tom Cable credit. Back in the day, he was he was one of the best offensive line coaches in the league. I remember everybody was singing his praises, but. He's lost a step or 12 over the past few years. And I remember when he was in Seattle, that offensive line couldn't block for nothing. That offensive line was terrible. Right after Marshawn Lynch, they had no run game, and Russell Wilson was running for his life. The minute he leaves and gets fired and then takes the job with the Raiders, all of a sudden, Seattle's the number one rushing team in the league. Seattle all of a sudden is protecting the hell out of Russell Wilson. All of a sudden, everything is turned around. What was the common factor? Tom Cable. Once he was gone, Seattle's offensive line became that much better. And uh, a lot of people say that, well, the Seahawks didn't put any any assets into that offensive line. No, they did. They made trades. They went through the draft. They signed free agents. They did a lot of things and nothing worked out. All of a sudden, Tom Cable's gone and everything is sunshine, roses, puppy dogs, and lollipops. So Tom Cable, this he better get it right this year. If not, I think that the writing's on the wall for him. I would agree with that. So Terrell Williams, LaMarcus Joyner, Trent Brown, three 
big free agent signings thus far for the Raiders. But what's next? Who are they going to look to next? Will they re-sign Jared Cook? Good question. We'll tell you what we know right after this. You're listening to Q&A on the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network, powered by SB Nation. Welcome back to Q&A with your boy Q and me, Joe Arrigo, on the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network, powered by SB Nation. Q, we posed the question, what's next for the Raiders in free agency? Not just to who they're going to bring in or looking to bring in, but with their own guys. Now, word broke tonight that uh, Jared Cook, he has the opportunity to meet with the Saints coming up. He's taking a trip to New Orleans. The Raiders are monitoring the situation from what I've been told, but he may be the number one tight end on the market, and he may end up in New Orleans when it's all said and done. Are you willing to give him $8 million, maybe nine a year for four years to remain a Raider, or are you willing to let him walk and hopefully be able to draft two guys that could come in and play right away for John Gruden in his offense? Yeah, I'm, re- I'm willing to let him walk. I think he's a hell of a talent, but I don't want to pay him. What is he? Thirty-one, thirty-two. I don't want him to. I don't want to pay him for four years. And I know that they've been writing some really good contracts, so I have confidence that they can write something that's really like a two-year contract and then be able to get out of it. But if he's going to sign for eight or nine million, or he's going to go and and make that move to the Saints, or I even heard the Patriots as well, um, I, that's fine. You know, uh, more power to him. I think that he was a nice piece for for uh, Derek Carr, but I believe in Mike Mayock. I really do. And maybe I'm being foolish, but I really believe in his drafting ability because he knows these guys. He knows what he's looking for. He's a very good talent evaluator, uh, one of the best, I think, in the business. And I think he's going to be able to get it right. There's a lot of tight ends in this draft. There is a lot of tight ends in this draft that you can go out there and target. And the Raiders have opportunities to get a first-round tight end if they want to. I think John Gruden's definitely going to use at least one of those first-round draft picks on offense, if not two. Uh, I would like to see him do all three on defense, but I don't think that's how it's going to shake out. I think he's definitely going to use at least one on the offensive side of the ball. And honestly, if there's not a wide receiver there and I'm okay with not taking a wide receiver, I'd be great with taking a tight end. I'd have no problem with that. So if Jared Cook can go out there and get that big-time money, this is probably his last opportunity to get a big contract, go on and handle your business, my man. You know, Go, go ahead and get that, and uh, the Raiders will dip into the draft and see what they can do there. I think if the Raiders are going to use any of their first-round picks on offense, it will be a tight end, and I think it has to be 27. The reason why, if you have a guy, if you're there at 27 and there's eight picks later, you're at 35, you're probably going to have the same type of, let's say, cornerback or defensive lineman, and they're going to be graded really similar. You'll be good there. Reading Keeley's and looking at how things move. I look at a team like the Green Bay Packers who spent a lot of money on Wednesday to bring in three defensive players and an offensive lineman. They're a team that I believe is going to take a tight end at 12. I think you're, going to, you're looking at Noah Fon or Hawkinson at 12. And then whichever one is not there, you're probably going to see one in the mid-20s. And then it's Irv Smith Jr., and then there's a a fall-off. So you don't want to be the guy that misses out on one of those big three and then be stuck with having to deal with the guys that aren't as good, that aren't as impactful. I'm thinking 27 is unless both of them are off the board by 24 and you're sitting at 24 and you're like, look, the guy I like a lot at 24 should be there at 27, then take him at 24. But I think one of those two picks, and I'm, I'm, I would say as of today, 27 will be the spot to look for a tight end for the Raiders. 
if they let Cook go. Yeah, I think it'll be definitely in the either 24 or 27. I can't really pinpoint it to just one, just because you just don't know how the board's going to shake out in front of them before they get to 24. You don't know who's going to make a trade, who's going to make moves, but I think that they're going to look for a tight end, and I can see it being one of those last two picks right there, either 24 or 27, if that's where they're picking at. I mean, there's a good chance that they move back from four, so if they do that, who knows where they're at? You know, who knows what they're picking at at that point? So, I mean, there's so many variables that can happen, but I don't expect it to be the first pick that they have in the draft. That's for sure. So I'm thinking in the second, in the second or the back end of the, the first round, either 24 or 27, they look for the best tight end that's there or the one that they covet the most. Uh, I, I like Noah a lot. Uh, Noah Fant, I like him a lot. But like you mentioned, you think he's going to go high, maybe even 12. That that I, In my opinion, that'll be very high for him. But again, you just don't know how that board's going to shake out and who's going to be there and who's going to want you know, what they want at that spot. So it, it should be interesting. He's my favorite. Uh, I like Irv Smith a lot from Alabama, but I'm a dude who really likes Alabama guys as well. So sometimes I'm a little jaded. I, I'll admit that uh, off the top. A I'm, little? Uh, a little bit? <laughs> hey, I man, mean, just a little. If you had your way, if you had your way it'd be Quinn Williams. True. It'll be Irv Smith. True. It'll be Mac Wilson. True. Deontay Thompson. I'm a little. Hell, I'm not really a, that that keen on De- Deontay Thompson. I saw what he did in the national championship game. All I remember seeing is the back of his jersey, and that wasn't very good. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, that's crazy. Okay, so let, let's let's talk about some guys. Well, we well, let's talk about this. Some house cleaning. Uh, Mongo Feliciano. Yep. Um, who the Raiders really hope to sign and plug in the left guard. Uh, Buffalo offered him a lot of money, more than the Raiders. He he could take a chance to go there and start right away in Buffalo. With in the Bills guys, they John Brown, uh, Cole Beasley, Frank Gore, Feliciano. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they added they added somebody else today as well. They they really added some uh, really nice pieces. And they tried to get um, AB. They did. They did. And actually, the Giants called them before they called Cleveland back to check in to see if they were interested in Odell Beckham as well. Yep, exactly. They're they're trying to make some, so, some moves. Oh, yeah. And they added the uh, all-pro kick returner, uh, Roberts, Andre Roberts as well from the Jets. Okay. So they they added a bunch of guys. Buffalo's a team that, that's sneaky good, and I, I like their coach, uh, McDermott. The guys really buy into him. So Feliciano gone to Buffalo. Um, and then you now we turn back to what could be, you know, there's a, there's some names out there. There's a few of them. I'm, I have a few written down that kind of caught my eyes. Potential candidates. I talked about one earlier, Eric Berry. You, you know how the Raiders like plucking former Chiefs and bringing them into the silver and black, and them having success. We've seen them do it with Rich Gannon. We've seen them do it with Harvey Williams. Harvey the running Williams. Back. Yeah, Albert Wilson. Albert yeah, Lewis. Lewis well. Yeah, Albert Lewis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they so, did it I with mean, Derek Johnson we, last year too. It just didn't last long. Yeah, and and he actually enjoyed his time in Oakland. He said he yeah. thought he thought it was they're doing things the right way. So that's always a good thing. But Eric Berry, he's coming off an Achilles that was they said day to day, but really it was almost month to month. Um, he only played in a, like three games last year, two in the regular season, one in the postseason. Um, so far, according to NFL Network, and, and I, I believe it was Mike. Garofolo said that uh, the doctor that is a foot specialist uh, was w- working on that worked on his Achilles. Said he should be good to go this year. She's fully cleared. Is that somebody uh, for a low a low deal, a deal on the lower end? Is that somebody that you're willing to take a chance on if you're John Gruden and Mike Mayock? No, 
I stay away from him. I mean, he's got damaged goods. He's damaged goods. His wheels are damaged. And if your wheel is damaged, man, you're no good to me as far as I'm concerned. And, look, he might be healthy, and this might be a good season for him, but I, he's clearly on the decline of his career. And I, I just I just say no to him. I, I would pass on him. Uh, I, I bet you can get him probably on the cheap. And, yeah, it would be a, a nice little dagger to, to hit uh, hit Kansas City with. But I, I just I think that you could do better at this time, at this stage of the game. You could probably do better. Clearly, there's guys that want to play for the Raiders, where a lot of people thought people weren't going to want to play for the Raiders. Oh, man, no one's going to go want to play for that team. They're a disaster. They're a circus. Clearly, that's not the case. So they've had no problem being able to get guys to go to Oakland, and I'm sure that they're going to be able to get uh, guys as well, uh, other guys as well. I just, I, I'm just not very high on Eric Berry. Uh, it was a good story. I mean, everything that he's overcame in his in his life, in his career, has been awesome. Uh, I wish him the best, but at this point of the game, I just think that you know his, his better days are behind him, and just go ahead and and, and let him uh, sail off into the sunset or, or go sign with another team. I agree. I, I would probably pass on Barry just because I'd want a younger guy in there. I want Abrams. I know Adderley's a guy that everybody has been on. I know the Raiders scouted him intensely earlier in the year and all season at Delaware. Herb Adderley is his, is his uncle, Hall of Famer. But I like Abrams from Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. There's something about the way he plays. This, the fact that he's a sure tackler, that he just flies to the ball. That's the type of guy I would want on the back end of the first round if he's available. But let's stay in Kansas City. And we talked about this other guy earlier as well. The Raiders need pass rush. Someone opposite of Arden Key. You know, a guy that's out there that you probably could bring in and use him in various situations, Justin Houston. You know, if he's used as a situational pass rusher like Dwight Freeney was late in his career, I could see that. But uh, Justin Houston, the problem with him is keeping him healthy. When he's healthy and he's engaged, he could definitely make things happen. So if he's a situational pass rusher, which sounds like a luxury, if he is that guy, I could see that. And if he's going to be that guy, he'd be on the cheap as well. But uh, Dwight Freeney, who, and I hate to say it because Dwight Freeney is a Hall of Famer. He's one of the best to ever do it. But at the end of his career, he just, like I said, was that situational guy. You know, he came in on third and long. He came in on second and long. I mean, he was that guy passing situations. Okay, hey. You know, Dwight, go get him. You know, go hit him with the spin move. Get him with the club or whatever. And and that's what he did. If Justin Houston can kind of adapt and be that dude, and I know he was kind of that guy last season with the Chiefs, if he can do that with the Raiders, I wouldn't have a problem uh, going ahead and, and giving a flyer on him or checking him out because, again, right now, the only real pass rusher on the roster is Arden Key, and he didn't have a lot of success from the, the, the pass rushing, the edge, the edge in 2018. He got there. He got home. He got his hands on the quarterback. His problem was getting him to the ground. So, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't have no problem going ahead and, uh, you know, just giving him something very cheap. Uh, veteran minimum or whatever, maybe a little bit more, and and letting him go ahead and be that situational guy. I think they may have interest for the right price. I don't think he has interest in them. I, can see I that. think he wants to go to a team like New York with the Jets to to, to play with a Greg Williams. Well, that's because they, <laughs> they got money. Well, they got money. That's true. They got money. That's true. And they and they and they spend it. We'll talk about Le'Veon Bell maybe a little bit later. The fact that. The Chiefs need a pass rush, and they let their two pass rushers go. That, to me, is a is a red flag, and the, the alarms are up as a warning. Um, another guy who's been been hit with the injury bug the last few years, but has had a lot of success rushing the quarterback, can even slide inside, play some inside linebacker, and there's no guarantee he's going he's going to go back to his former team. But Clay Matthews, he's a guy that's available. He's a free agent. Green Bay's letting him go. There is some interest in bringing him back at a reduced rate like $5 million, one-year $5 million prove-it type contract, is that somebody 
you'd want to see donning the silver and black. I mean, Clay Matthews is a pro's pro. You know, I, there's not too many guys that come from Green Bay that aren't. It's just Those are one of those franchises that are really well ran. They always have been. Now, obviously, in 2019, they're doing things a little bit different. It's not Ted Thompson's Packers anymore. But at the same time, it's a, they're professionals there. They're, they're pros, pros. And so if Clay Matthews has any desire to go to the Raiders and be a part of, of getting them back to where they need to be and be a guy that can help out and, and maybe mentor uh, Arden Key a little bit and help him with some technique and help him uh, master the art of actually completing the sack, I wouldn't have no problem with that. And, you know, he, he's got that long hair. I could see it coming out of that helmet. And, you know, I have that silver and black and hearing Hell's Bells in the background and him getting a little juiced up. Yeah, it's all good, man. I, I don't have no problem with Clay Matthews. I wouldn't be opposed to Clay Matthews coming in. I think in order for Clay to be successful, Gunther will have to move him around to various places. He'll maybe move him inside, move him, move him to the right side or the left side. That's what you're going to have to do, and he's got to pick his spots to rush. He's not an every-down player anymore. Right. Uh, somebody I've watched his entire career. Last year he got hosed on a few calls for roughing the passer that weren't roughing the passer calls. Ridiculous. Um, one of a couple of them cost his former team some games. But at the end of the day, I think Clay could be effective as a situational pass rusher, not necessarily um, an every-down, three-down linebacker anymore. He's just not that guy. I can see that. Um, somebody that is and just was released today is Zach Brown from the Washington Redskins, plays middle linebacker. He's a guy that can get sideline to sideline. Has had a very productive career, I believe, with the Titans and then with the Redskins. Uh the Redskins were really trying to find a way to bring C.J. Mosley in until the Jets just outspent everybody uh, to keep him from Alabama North. So um, what do you think about Zach Brown potentially being a Raider? I liked him a few years ago when the Raiders attempted to bring him in before Washington got their hands on him. I, I liked him a few years ago, and I remember that the Raiders offered him a certain amount of money, and he wasn't he didn't think that that was enough, and so he kind of – uh, clowned him or talk mess about him on Twitter a little bit, kind of low-key low comments about the Raiders. So I'm kind of out on the Zach Brown thing. I think he's older in the tooth now. He's not really that guy. Uh, there's a reason why the Redskins let him go, especially when defense is basically their bread and butter. I know that they left. Uh, they let another guy go as well. I think, uh, who was it? Uh, it was another former Raider. Or he wasn't a former Zach Brown wasn't a former Raider, but this guy that they let go with him, he was a, a former Raider, and I forget who it was. But anyway, um, yeah, I'm just I'm not big on Zach Brown anymore. I think his better days are behind him, so I'm good. I could pass on that dude. I would actually take him in. I think he's a guy that can and will be successful wherever he goes again. I, I think he's a consummate pro. Um, I don't recall this stuff on Twitter, but I, what I do recall is this guy having over 100 tackles and making plays for the Redskins. I, I like him. I, I think he could play. I, I like I him mean, too. I like him too, but his production has gone down each and every year since 2016. I mean, 2016, he was had a monster year with the Bills uh, under, I believe, uh, Rex Ryan at the time, 149 tackles. Then in 2017, 127 tackles. Then last year, 96 tackles. You know what I mean? It's like his production, his sacks have gone down. And I know sacks aren't his number one thing, but, I mean, he goes from four to two and a half to one. He has one interception, zero interceptions, zero. I mean, everything about his production is, is slowing down. It's just kind of like his age. It's starting to slow down. So I just – I don't know, man. I mean, if they're desperate for a, a linebacker that can get it done, and, and I know he knows the game, and he'd probably be one of those guys that Paul Gunther wouldn't have a problem bringing in and just kind of plugging him in. But I, I just feel like you can go and get a guy out of the draft, and, and he can plug and play and be your guy for quite a while. Okay, a Paul Gunther guy that is available, Montez Perfect. Someone brought this up to me today in conversation, considering the history that he has 
between him and AB. But would you want Burfict on your team? Oh man, I don't. That dude, I don't think so. He's he's not going to play a whole season. He'll be suspended for four games, and then he'll be, uh, you know, what I mean, and then he'll 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 miss another couple for injury. I, nah, he's just a dirty dude, you know what I mean? And, and then again, you brought up uh, AB. I don't know how that would go over in the locker room either. I don't know if AB wants to all of a sudden see that dude come walking in because I mean he feels wrong by him too. So I, I don't know. I think I'd have to give it a strong pass, but. At the same time, you do need you do need a, a car thief on your team, and I don't think they have that car thief yet. I like the fact that on defense you have to have a few of those guys. They got a head, but ain't no screws in it. Yeah, he's a you goon. Know, they, they, you need goons like that. Yeah. Do the Raiders have that on defense currently? Do they have anybody like that currently under defense? Then you're walking down the alley. You're like, man, yeah, I'm cool because I got I got Q with me. Uh, no, I mean they don't have they don't they don't have that dude right now. I don't think. I mean, I'm trying to think of who they have that, that I could even think about considering. Um, I mean, Mo Hurst is a dog. Jonathan Hankins is a dog. But that's on the defensive line, and that's right there in the in the middle. Those are D-tackle positions. I think they need a guy that can that can roam and and you know be uh, make you make you fear coming across the middle of the field. So no, they, I mean they just don't have that guy. They need that guy, but they don't have it. I don't, I don't think so. Well, speaking of someone that is dirty, that's available and wants to stay on the West Coast, and Dominican Sue. He's not going to resign with the Rams. Ian Rappaport reported that it's either the Seahawks, Chargers, or Raiders are his preferred destinations. Would you be interested in Dominic Sue coming in and playing on that defensive line? Yes. Yeah, I would be. I don't know if he's going to be motivated like he was towards the end of the season with the uh, with the Rams. You know, I mean, there are certain parts of the season where it looked like, okay, this is a guy that it, it, we know who he is. You know, he's that Nebraska Sioux. And then there was times where it's like, where did he go? Is he there? And he kind of disappeared. But on that playoff run with the Rams, on the way to the Super Bowl, all of a sudden you see he was a motivated dude. And if he's going to come in there and be a motivated dude, yeah, I can see that. And, again, that, that you want to talk about a goon? That is an absolute goon. I'd be okay with that as well. Hell yes. Now, if you want to put together the ultimate goon squad, find him and Burfitt. <laughs> no, no, no. That that'd be no. That no. would be great. Are you kidding me? That that would be like old school Tom Flores, Lyle Alzado, Matt Millen Raiders, bro. That would be the 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 real like. Okay, the league is out to get us because every tackle there is a flag for unsportsmanlike conduct or or spitting or whatever. I would be down for that. If I can get no, two and no, perfect, no. I'm down for that, bro. No, the old school Raiders wouldn't survive in this in this day and age of football. They wouldn't they couldn't make it. There's no way. There'd be ejections that you can't have that. That's who those cats would be. They'd be old school Raiders that couldn't make it. Those those old school teams would not there's so many players that are in the Hall of Fame that got a gold jacket that if they played now, they would never make it. They wouldn't even be that guy because they're not allowed to do half the stuff that they did. It just wouldn't work. And, and that goon squad together, get those two guys together? Oh, no. No, you can't do that. Just imagine the fun that that defense could have, though. Just think about it. I mean, if you really think about it, you get those two, there would be a lot of fun. That would be fun to watch. You want somebody with an attitude that plays with an edge, somebody that's available as of right now, is slot receiver Golden Tate. Is that somebody that you would want to have in your locker room that can play that plays with an edge and, and can do the dirty work to maybe free up Antonio Brown and free up K 
Tyrell Williams and give Carr a nice little security blanket just on those underneath routes. I I, I actually was uh, wanting the Raiders to grab uh, Golden Tate, but I don't want the Raiders to grab him now. I think that they've already done enough as far as uh, free agents go. Uh, with you know grabbing Antonio Brown by trade and then giving him his little you know his guaranteed money and and now Tyrell Williams giving him that big deal. I don't think that they need to go get Golden Tate. I think Jordy Nelson could be you know could could do the dirty work uh, from the slot and and do some some dirt over the middle and and be that possession receiver. Uh, I think they can also pick up a nice wide receiver in the draft as well. So if they hadn't gone and got Tyrell Williams, I could see them using Golden Tate as. Some, similar to what like Anquan Bolden was at the end of his career with the 49ers and you know what I mean like that kind of guy where he's just that the hands dude the possession dude he can get some yak yards obviously but uh I I think that I could at this point I could pass on Golden Tate but I did like him originally but then after they signed Tyrell Williams I was good I'll take it that you feel the same way about Randall Cobb then yeah no definitely passing on Randall Cobb I would agree on both cases we got an email and it was like uh or excuse me it was a tweet from a. Uh, JKBK1316 that asked, uh, he heard the Raiders and the Bears are talking about a deal that would send Jordan Howard to the Raiders. Is this true or not? I haven't heard anything about that, to be honest with you. No, I haven't either. Matter of fact, I hear that he's probably going to get cut, so I don't know if they would really going to make a, a, a trade for him. I think that he's a guy that you can wait it out and, and hang out and see if the, the Bears release him. He's not a guy that fits in what Matt Nagy wants to do in Chicago. He just doesn't fit their scheme, and sometimes that happens. They have a really good offense, or they have a very creative offense. I'm not going to say it's good yet, but they have a creative offense, and he's just not uh, a part of it. So I, I could see them letting him go, but I don't think that the Raiders even have to make a trade for him if they're interested in him. They just got to hold it uh, hold out a little while, and, and, and he'll probably be released. If you had your choice of draft or who's left as a free agent or one back that you could realistically add for a draft pick or whatnot, who would it be? What way would you go? What route? So a guy in the draft to, uh, to, well, to... you have your choice. You get one choice. You can either, if you're drafting somebody, you're probably bringing back Lynch, uh, for one year and you get everything that, that comes with Marshawn. If you go free agent, you're not bringing Lynch back, or if you're trading for a running back, but it has to be realistic. It's not like you're going to trade, oh, we'll give up our second-round pick for Saquon Barkley. Right, That's right, not right. going to happen. They're not trading Barkley. So if you could choose one route, which route would it be? And if it's a free agent or a trade, who would that be? Uh, I'm going to go draft. I, and I got two guys that I'd pick. I'd pick. Uh, I'd pick either Josh Jacobs from Alabama, uh, shocking, and uh, or else I'd pick Daryl Henderson from uh, Memphis. One of those two cats are the way I'd go. Uh, bottom line: If I'm going to go and get a guy that's a running back, uh, I'm, that's the only way I'm going to go. I'm not going to bring in a free agent. Uh, now, if a guy like Jordan Howard happens to end up, you know, cut and released, then maybe I'll, I'll look at him and kick the tires on him. But honestly, uh, I think a guy like Daryl Henderson or a, a guy like uh, Josh Jacobs could do wonders in Gruden's offense. And you know, I have no problem bringing Marshawn Lynch back one more year. Uh, to play in Oakland for the final year, and, and hopefully he's motivated and sees Antonio Brown out there and thinks that, hey, this team could do some things and kind of reminds him of his own old Seahawks team to go out there and, and tries to get after it one more time. So uh, that would that would be fine with me. That would be the way I'd go. I'll go draft, and it would be Henderson. Last thing, folks, a friend of the show, TQ, courting artist, was supposed to jump on tonight. Um, he was coming back from out of state and his flight got delayed. He was on one of those planes that President 45 grounded, so he got, his flight got diverted, and um, he's in the air right now. He literally texted us right before we went on, or actually during 
uh, the early part of the show and said that he wasn't able to jump on because of that. So he's going to make it up. We may have a um, unapologetic truth tomorrow with me and him. We'll see what his schedule's like. Um, if not, we'll get him on next week on Q and A. Q, let everybody know where they can follow you on Twitter. Uh, at your boy Q two five four. It's real simple. At your boy Q two five four. I'm very active on Twitter. Usually you hit me back, or you hit me, I'll usually hit you back uh, asap. And you can do that any time of the day. It's all good. Like I said, I'm probably on Twitter too much, but it's all good. I, you can find me there all the time. Yeah, I agree. I, I I literally shut my Twitter down last night, and the the last tweet that I retweeted was my our friend Benjamin Albright. Yep. Um, Ben is such a great dude. One of the best follows for inside information at all. Ben knows his he's he's connected as well as anybody. Ben, but go to bed, you savages. Quit hitting F five. You know something to that effect. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and it was it was about nine thirty, and that and that's when actually I shut it down too, or no, closer to ten, because I was. I mean, the last few days has been one just a blur. So uh, I'm I'm very grateful that it's kind of slowing down a little bit and well it's until tomorrow morning but uh you can find me on twitter at joe arigo a double r i g o um we want to thank everybody for listening q man as always thank you for everything that you do behind the scenes that nobody knows about but the people on our staff man you're phenomenal at what you do with all the projects you have going on i definitely am, am glad that that you're you're rocking with your boy and um and, and you're on board with this man you make this so much more enjoyable than it's just me yeah, well, we're going to get some big things coming, man. You know, there's been a lot of folks that have been commenting on the on the shows that we've been putting out and, you know, saying that they like them and, and everything, man. And look, we in our minds, in, in my mind, in Joe's mind, we got some uh, some plans that we're working on. So <laughs> stay tuned. If you're enjoying what you're you're hearing right now, hopefully you'll be enjoying a lot more on a whole nother level uh, sooner, sooner rather than later. So we got a lot of things we're working on. Absolutely. And in fact, I want to thank all the listeners, man. Uh, I, I took it out of the show last week. Um, but um, in the two months that we've been doing the show, um, we're up over 400% in terms of downloads. Um, and with that, that's all because you guys, Raider Nation, are some of the best fans there are in the world. You guys are so supportive of everything that uh, the Raiders do. And people like Q and myself who are literally are just doing something that we love, talking about football, talking about uh, things that we're passionate about, teams that we're passionate about. And we thank you very much for uh, making our, our podcast network grow um, so immensely at this time. It, that's not something that we expected. I didn't, I didn't expect uh, it to grow this fast, this, this quickly. But uh, now that it has, let's continue the momentum. Let's let everybody know uh, to download, download what we got going on, all the different shows. It's like practically a show a day now, which... Um, is hard to come by, but I think it's it's really cool that we're able to do it. So, uh, on behalf of Q, for myself, Joe Rigo, we thank you for listening to this week's edition of Q and A with your boy Q and me, Joe Rigo, on the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network, powered by SB Nation. We'll talk to you soon, Raider Nation. <laughs>